Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager, a mathematician, futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here today bringing you an exclusive interview. We have a special guest today. His name is Reginald Campbell. And Reginald, please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, nice to be on this platform with you, Addie. Yes, I'm Reginald Campbell. Um, I am a tech leader. I've been in this space uh, for a few years and I'm just happy to kind of talk with you this evening. Absolutely. Um, so you say tech leader. Uh, what is your current position right now? My current position is a director of engineering at Etsy um, for the SRE Foundation platform. And so um, really happy about being a part of this team and, and helping them flesh out their SRE roadmap and just bring some cohesion and be a part of their success story. Wow, that sounds like an amazing role. And SRE is Site Reliability Engineer? Okay. Yeah, yeah. thank you for actually, I <laughs> do all the acronyms all the time. So Site Reliability Engineering is the philosophy of improving the applications with a developer's uh, mindset you know, for operations and just treating it as you would treat a software development cycle and improving things for the customer. Got it. Okay, thank you for um, expanding on that. So let's talk about how you got there. So did you go to college? What was your educational path? Yeah, so I went to college. I went to Florida State for my bachelor's and my master's. And, um, you know, in, in undergrad, I graduated with an IT and a minor of computer science. And uh, my journey is not much different from what college students are going through right now. When I graduated, I had all these ideas about going to different companies, but I started at the beginning of the recession back in 2008, 2009. Okay, um, that's when my brother graduated college, and he was in finance, so I I have an idea of what you may have gone through. Yeah, yeah. So at the time, you know, I had visions of starting out just anything tech. I had no real, like, solid idea. I was green, and so... I think my first job was actually with um, Florida Department of Health, and I was actually the web manager there. Um, It was actually a great introduction just to kind of get my toes wet with just web design and HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and um, it was was just an eye-opener. From there, it kind of blossomed, but that's not something that I had in mind. It was just I need a job, I need experience, and I want to grow. So that's where I kind of started. And, um, that so, well, let me ask you, so did you go straight from your undergrad to your master's? So I took a year break between my undergrad and my master's, but I worked right after my undergrad. And so I found a job and I ended up working full time while I did my master's program as well. And my master's program was in instructional systems, instructional design. Um, And that's just the um, study of creating content to educate people, but also understanding how to connect the content to the customer or to the audience. And so it was just something I wanted to disconnect from IT and just do something on the other side of the brain. Um, but that was a trying time working full time and doing school full time at night. 
but it was worth it because again, you're just trying to fight for experience and you want to be able to pay off your bills, right? You don't want to accumulate debt um, on top of trying to work a whole bunch of hours and stuff. Exactly. So this, the first job that you got out of college, was this the, the government web manager job? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first, that was my very first job there. Um, and, and did they pay for your master's? So they paid. Yeah. So they began to pay for certain courses, right? Like there's a whole program for uh, government employees in Florida at the time. I don't know about now where they would pay for one or two courses a semester. And, um, you know, after I became eligible, I actually used that program to pay off certain courses. Um, and that ended up being the same trend at my next job that I started while I was in my master's program at Florida League of Cities, um, which that's where I got into a little bit of development, a little bit of help desk, um, a little bit of like, you know, just machine administration. It was many things all in one, but they also too would pay for some of my courses, um, which helped tremendously. Wow. So that's great. So there are advantages of working for government organizations. I'm sure most people listening to this podcast are not working in government and they're probably not planning on working in government, but depending on the market conditions, that may be the best offer that you can get. And you are able to leverage that to further your education. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a, a blessing. And I would, you know, anyone listening, I would recommend you look at your current employer because they generally have programs for you to use. Um, you know, I don't know how advantageous it is, but Whenever you can save money and go to school and better yourself, take out, you know, take the opportunity because I did. Yeah, absolutely. There are some great programs out there. I actually started a master's when I was working for an ed tech company. Um, they would pay for classes, but managing full-time work plus a master's program, I ended up not finishing it. But so I applaud you for, you know, sticking it out and going all the way through. Okay. Yeah. So after your position at the league, the Florida League of Cities, was that, that was the name? So where did you, where did you go next and why? So um, right as I was graduating, I was wrapping up like two and a half, three years at Florida, Florida League of Cities. And I figured, hey, I have a bachelor's and a master's. Let me put myself out there. Um, and let's also go to a different city and kind of explore. I was young. And so um, I just threw my resume out there at different places, and I ended up getting a call from Home Depot in Atlanta. So hey, let me take the opportunity and um, continue to grow. And uh, I ended up accepting that offer. That role at Home Depot was in operations. And it was HomeDepot.com. So I was helping them monitor HomeDepot.com, set up key transactional uh, monitors, helping them with fleshing out um, Splunk, uh, all sorts of different application monitoring tools, supporting development teams when they had issues, and just making sure that their platform as they rolled out features um, worked as expected. And that was an eye-opener because 
I went from a government for, you know, perspective to completely private, but huge, right? Seeing tons of traffic, seeing tons of development teams push out features almost on a weekly to monthly basis. And so it was an eye opener um, where it kind of just gave me a different perspective and different areas of IT that I can go like sit in and learn from. Absolutely. So how long were you at Home Depot? That was, um, that was a year. I think I was there for about a good year. Um, you know, Home Depot at the time I was there, they, they were heads down on getting a lot of the features out that we use now. And so after a year there, I realized, okay, like I understand how this works. What else? Like, um, during this time, um, I was all about just kind of growing because I realized that I had missed certain things right out of college. And that's when I um, got the opportunity for News Distribution Network. And that was like an awesome opportunity because it was a startup and it was also about building out a platform where not only the business got money, but any client that they worked with, which, which happened to be local news stations would get money as well from this transaction. So news distribution network, basically they would take in local news content, encode it, and then put it back on a video player and put ads on there. And as it played, you know, the company got money and also the new, the news station get money. Okay. That's interesting. So did they, what kind of platform did they post the videos on? So their videos was their own, their content was their own video player um, that they had built as a custom one, the Indian player at the time. Um, but the content was posted on actual like news channel websites. So you can go to all the different affiliates that you would see. So I think, well, I can't, it's been a while, so I'm not going to say which channels, but we had a list of different local news channels across the United States that would actually take our player, put it on their website. And you can see like six o'clock news, the video player that's up there is from the company. And so my perspective with that was kind of continued on operations, but now I'm starting to do a little bit more of orchestration. So I'm the person during major releases where I'm there saying, hey, the database team, development team, QA, I'm showing the flow of how things should be released. And generally when things break, I'm the one to kind of like corral the team and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to roll back. And so, again, even that back then, I'm starting to see like different areas, right? I would talk to the database team and understand their world. I would talk to the development team and see what they're doing, what languages they're using. I got in, um, that's when I started to play with Python and kind of do things with data, like big data, um, like build a web scraper. And, um, and then I got to interface with business and understand what the business needs were while we were releasing this. And then if there's a client that wasn't happy, you know, understanding why they weren't happy and what broke and then how do we catch it for next time and fix it with QA or whomever. So again, it was just, because it was a smaller company, I was able to just walk through and just learn. Yeah, I was just 
about to make that point. My, my first job was at a startup and that gave me so much exposure to all areas of the business. And I also, after, I, because I'm watching you on video, I, I see you smiling, talking about that position. It sounds like that was a great role for you. So what happened? Why, how long were you there and why did you leave? Um, actually after that, it was, a uh, that was another year and a change. Um, I think during this time, again, it was another year came up a year and some change and, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, I wanted more money, right? right. I didn't step this company. Um, I wanted to continue to push on because, great, yeah, I have this experience, but there's no, there's no growth from this. And right. um, that's that's something that I learned in my career early on. Like, if I can't see where I'm going to be growing at this company while I'm happy, in the long term, I'm going to look back and say, I should have moved on because I can always come back if, you know, there's a good reputation or if they're doing well. So um, that's when I had an opportunity with. Um, oh, wait, before we move on, did you have a conversation with your manager before you left saying, hey, yeah, I want what, where's my path? Can I make more money? Let's hear about that. Yeah. So. You know, when I. I think right before I left, like I, I was asking, like I wanted, I had conversations with my manager about just not just like, Hey, I just want more money, but like, what can I do to get to a place where you could do something for me? Right. Because you just can't say, hi, hey, I want more money. Like Everyone wants that, but you have to kind of have a conversation about what can I do to help myself grow? and. I had a few of those conversations. Um, you know, it, it didn't, there wasn't really a plan as far as like a roadmap, like a career growth kind of strategy. It was kind of like just figure out on your own. And so, you know, I did a few things. I mentioned like the web scraper. I did, you know, other kind of communications things. I, I built out certain tools and that, while that was great, um, it just wasn't enough for that time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And what, what year are we at right now? Which, which year did you leave the company? I think this is um, 2014, 2015, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you had the conversation with your manager. There wasn't a clear path, and I have your LinkedIn up, so I can um I can fact check on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it looks like you ended in August 2014. So, yeah, so you found a new opportunity um, at Scava. I can help. I can help you along. Thank so you. let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So Scava, that is um so that me back into like the e-commerce world a little bit um and that was a smaller um more of a startup vibe but they were an e-commerce platform that built out um the tablet experience that you would see in stores sometimes so certain stores like macy's and, and bloomingdale's you'll go into the store and they had a tablet where people can actually shop in store if for some reason it was busy at the counter. 
And so at that company, I was helping the development teams kind of roll out some things in Amazon, um, like whether deploying some tools or triaging why something didn't work. And actually, this is a callback because um, I actually got my, you know, hands into Amazon when I was at News Distribution Network as well, because I was building things there and maintaining stuff there as well. So I can kind of continue that at Scava. Got a chance to not only be in the office here in Atlanta, but actually go out to San Francisco and work with development teams there. When they had major releases, I was one of the people that they would have go out to some of these places and actually like triage them or like ensure stuff worked. Um, there was uh, actually like multiple locations for development teams. There was a place in San Fran, but they also had a location available overseas in India. Um, that one was fun for what it was, but then um, they actually got acquired by okay. Infosys. And okay. so, you know, I, someone young new to tech at the time, that was the first time I actually saw like an acquisition. Mm -hmm. And it was by such a much larger corporation. It kind of put me on edge a little bit, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't want to be in a situation where I need to be afraid for my job. So while I continue to help them, I actually just kind of put my resume out there. Um, about another place in, in Atlanta that I ended up staying at for a few years, um, Turner. Uh, uh, so I under Warner Media. Yeah, so they went by many names, right? They were Turner, mm -hmm. then Warner Media, another uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. So Turner actually accepted my call, and that's when a lot of the experiences that I had in my previous jobs started to coalesce, and it actually like started to make sense a little bit. Um, at so Turner, just just a quick time check. So we have 10 minutes and we have to get through four more um, positions. So if you could just do some the highlights of what you learned and and why you moved on to the next role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at Turner highlights, the first job was a senior engineer and then went to lead engineer. Um, I learned chef. I learned Terraform. I learned um, Amazon. I learned Docker. I learned serverless, um, and I got to do that across multiple like well-known brands. It was an excellent opportunity, not just for me to learn technical, but also grow communication skills and pull from some of the communication and operations experiences I had previously. After doing that for a few years, um, the manager I had at the time actually vouched for me and helped me move into a management role. And I managed the Bleach, Bleacher Report live development team. And I'm very proud of um, what we did there. We actually um, redesigned their backbone, their API backbone to be serverless, uh, a mean stack um, application completely in the cloud. Um, and so helping that team move there, um, had an excellent manager over at Bleacher Report Live, learned a lot from him just from the technical perspective, but also Again, just management leadership stuff. Um, so, then, so Bleacher Report is under Turner or Warner? Okay. 
because it looks like it's a separate job. And is CNN also under that group as well? Okay, so you did move up several levels within that one company and you mentioned a manager advocated for you. Did you let your manager know in advance that you wanted a leadership opportunity? How did how did that come to um fruition? You know, I, I, again it was my first time in that situation. And I look back on it, I kind of regret I didn't, but he was such a good manager. He approached me like, hey, I know you applied and I know the hiring manager. Oh, so and you did apply. Yeah. I so he did, did know that you wanted to move up well, in a way. In a way, right? Like I mm-hmm. didn't tell him beforehand. I Had I did it before, it would have been just as fine. But once he approached me about it, he was like, hey, listen, I think you'll be great. I actually know the hiring manager. Let me do whatever. Um, yeah. And I, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. Like there's some great managers who take advantage of those relationships, build with them, let them know about your career. Um, it's just at the time I hadn't had that type of relationship where I could say something like that and it'd be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But look back on it, I still keep in touch with that manager because he he was pivotal. Um, so he actually advocated for me and helped me move over. Mm-hmm. And when I became a manager, I struggled. It's a very hard thing to go from an individual's contributor to an actual leader because it's not, you know, it's night and day on the responsibilities. But again, the new manager at Bleach Report Live, patient with me, coached me through things, great learning opportunity, and it was just a great experience. Um, and, you know, I did that and uh, I got, I saw an opportunity at CNN. And that was after a year and some change. And I, I was like, yeah, I, I want to go <laughs> work with CNN. Um, and sure enough, because of the work that I did a few years earlier at, you know, when I was an individual contributor, I was able to kind of move into that role at CNN um, because of those relationships, right? It's, it's, I know you've mentioned this on your, your podcast before. Sometimes it's, it's great about what you know, but sometimes it's about who you know as who well. Who you know, exactly. And so, um, so. I understand moving from Bleacher Report to CNN as an engineering manager. And I do want to leave like at least three minutes at the end to talk about moving from IC to manager. Um, What made you leave Turner slash Warner and jump to SurveyMonkey as a senior manager? This was an opportunity to like build like my whole, it was actually a chance to like found SRE. Um, so, you know, and remind people what that is again, to found and SRE. So to, to actually like, like actually create an SRE philosophy at SRE SRE is site reliability engineering. And so at the time, you know, uh, Warner media was going through, you know, a lot of changes. And so again, it was that uncertainty. Um, cause that, by this time I'm married with children. Um, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, so yeah, at that point it became survey monkey was available and the VP at the time said, Hey, you can come in and build out SRE, hire your team. And I'm going to create the space for you to do that. And 
that wasn't like a challenge. Like that sounded like an opportunity again, because it's not like, hey, you come in and you manage a team that's already here. It's like, no, you build everything and you roll it out. You show the roadmap and all those things. So, yeah, I absolutely took advantage of that. Um, and, you know, again, it's all about having the space to be successful and um, also being an environment where you can actually build a positive, like, inclusive environment as the leader now of this environment. And so that was also attractive to me as well. Um, so I did that. A lot of successes. We were able to, like, roll things out that they had never seen before. The dev teams loved it. They loved that partnership because now they had an advocate for them to help them automate things. Um, but yeah, awesome opportunity. And then um, at this point, I wanted to challenge myself because at this point, it's like four years of managing. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to see what's the next step in my career. And so that's when I um, put something out to Etsy. Um, I wasn't expecting it. It was actually just something, just thrown out there just to see. And uh, yeah, it, the interview process, great people. And now I'm at that company and it's a great team, teams. And um, yeah, it's just learning a lot at this point. That's amazing. So Reginald, I'm going to have to ask you to come back for a part two, because there's so much more that I want to learn from you and also that the listeners would learn from you. So if you're open to it, let's schedule a follow-up 30 seconds to talk about what is it like to be a manager? Um, what, what were the major challenges? And also you like me, you've kind of hopped around a lot in your career and there's a lot of negative associations with job hopping, but just like for me, just like for you, that has worked out in your favor. So those are the things I would like to discuss in a part two that I would just attach onto the end of this one and release it as one interview. Absolutely. I would love to do that. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on for this um, initial session. And I, it's amazing to see you grow in your career. I'm so excited for your, your new role at Etsy. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.